just three regular guys with a podcast. Why is it a big deal, though? Like, I don't understand why. Like, what is... Because I didn't think you knew anybody. Who can laugh at each other's expense. And right there, my knee was just... <laughs> <laughs> Who have the utmost confidence in each other's athletic abilities. Sub five. You're a sub five oh, on one of them little tricycles with the little bleep bleep uh, air horns on the... <laughs> and whose guests absolutely love joining them on the show. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> You got some nerve really asking. <laughs> the Chupin' It Up podcast starts in three, two, one. Chupin' It Up, episode eight. Sick beats. Pooper. White hot. Pooper. Whoa. I'll tell you what, bud. Here's, here's the, and I already got my first bud in there, so. Sorry. <laughs> What's up, bud? Sorry. So I thought up. it was just us. No, it's him, no, too. You got all me, right. too, yeah. So. Hoop. We bust your chops all the time. We really do. It's an understatement. And I and I will tell you, your athletic abilities <laughs> are comparable to those in ancient times, maybe like around the Revolutionary War. <laughs> but your creative ability is second to none, pal. I'm absolutely blown away by that intro. I'm impressed. But I'm very impressed. I'm going to dispute the athletic ability because at the I very know, sub, sub five. five right. Sub, sub five. five. Like that's, that's that's still up in the air right now. Uh, that's still up in the air. Okay, yeah, and you know your what? sub five would have helped out in the Revolutionary War. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know we we have to give a shout out. We have to give a shout out to to White Hot, <laughs> White, White Hot, Hot huh? with power. That was the, the beat you, there. Yeah, we we got that online. We just we're not trying to get sued here, chooping it up because you know. Our net, we, we won't, you know, we ain't got money to, to get sued here, chooping it up. So, you know what <laughs> not I mean? Yet. Not, not yet. Not yeah. yet. Not yeah. yet. We're not taking yeah. those types of chances yet. You know, when we get hooked up with Barstool, <laughs> Dave Portnoy, his dad's a lawyer, it's fine. We'll be all right. <laughs> Very <laughs> impressive. But uh, big day today, I hear, huh? Big day oh, yeah, in the dude, life. I forgot. <laughs> dude, you're like, I'm like, what? What is the big day? Yeah, no. I yeah, can't even. I, I, I can't <laughs> go on anymore. I think I'm done for the day. I don't know. How episode to eight. To that. Episode. Wait, no, no, no. This is episode nine, right? Yeah, episode nine. I misspoke. He's, episode yeah, nine. Yep. I'm good, done on episode. Good catch, it, Tommy. Good catch. Good catch. Good yes. catch. On his but toes. On top of his game. Big day. You don't even know what the day is. No, I didn't. I didn't know what you were talking about. You know, and then I'm like, I know, oh, I know smack me right in the face. We're in April. Yep. April. Yeah. Yeah. It's April. Snowed today. It did that. The twenty first. Right. Of yeah. April. Yeah. Right. Twenty first. Yes. Does that yep. mean anything to you? Yeah, it was the uh, day I was born. <laughs> the day we were blessed. <laughs> the, the, the presence of Big Stephen, Big Patrick, Big Thirty years million, ago, it one dollar man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like if you know. <laughs> tweeter. If, if this was if this tweeter. was two years ago, my knee Good wouldn't have buckled tweet. on that. Henry yeah. Rowan Gardner. <laughs> Henry Rowan Gardner wow. slash tweeter equals Stephen Patrick Hooper. <laughs> You're taking this at like a dig. Huh? Henry Rowan Gardner. Yeah. MLB player. MLB right. MLB player yep. in the movie. Right. Tweeter. Haven't seen the movie, but from all indications, pretty, <laughs> from, pretty, from what I've been pretty cool Pretty guy. solid receiver. Pretty, pretty you know, cool guy. He yeah. had an end zone dance. Listen, you don't you don't have an end zone dance if you don't get into the end zone. Well, Matt and I okay. went in on a gift for you. 
We did. For your birthday. We did. Did you really? It's <laughs> just hiding right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Sub 5. Happy birthday to you. Listen, hey, thank you. How old you. are you, Hooper? I'm the big 3 0, man. Oh, that's why my body's falling apart. Yeah, that's wow. why my body's Episode 9 is the big 3 all. Good yeah. for you. That's monumental. Um, up, until, up until you guys, like, you know, broke harmony there, there's a good chance that some record labels out there <laughs> might have. Anytime we well, talk, that's that's why surprised. we called it a yeah, gift. Yeah, it was good. It's Any, a gift. Anytime, <laughs> I'm not surprised. Right. I mean, maybe any of those record labels, anytime we post anything on the Chooping It Up Pod Instagram, cheap plug there, go follow it. You know, based yep. on the hashtags, we get, oh, you should DM Emperor Records. So maybe we'll send <laughs> every, them the clip. Every yeah. post. <laughs> maybe we'll send them the clip of you guys singing Happy Birthday. You maybe might, you'll get a record deal. You might be Just, able to get a restraining order on that uh, <laughs> <laughs> that Instagram uh <laughs> profile bud it's like instantaneous again oh, follow chooping it up pod on instagram we had a great day on the uh on the course the other day huh so when we brought that up oh, yeah. actually i was actually but, hoping but, we didn't bring yeah. it up but no, we're bringing it up yeah hoop it wasn't great yeah you struggled it wasn't struggled. great i mean there's i'm there, embarrassed you know there's, <laughs> you know what i mean there's there's shooter mcgavin and there's hooper mcgavin <laughs> And you, and you had a, you had a Hooper McGavin type of day on the course. But <laughs> you, a, I felt bad at a certain point. It was just like, oh. No, I felt bad. I there, mean, how many, how many times did I bury my three iron into the mush that was the fairway at Sleepy Hollow? There were a couple shots. I'm just speaking of Adam Sandler movies. When you were swinging <laughs> with your iron, you look like you were looking down at the ball. Like the you know the crazy uh, cross-eyed guy in, in all Adam Sandler's movies that oh, just jumps out of the bushes and stuff. That's oh, what it looks like Mr. Deeds. Yeah, Mr. Deeds. that's what it looked like. You were uh, looking down at the ball with his two uh, crossed eyes, dude. But you it, couldn't. I you couldn't I, hit I'm a struggling. ball it, 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 until 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 you part until man. until Matt told me to close the club face and I just hey. you know. Stuck one. You saved on the nine. best for last, and that's why that's what gets you to keep coming back. Yeah, you know, you par, and then you walk it off. I know. Golf. You have that it's, one shot. You're like you uh, stuck it, <clears> and you still but, almost bogeyed. But I think I have. <laughs> I did. But I listen. Hey, pressure putt for par made it. That's what um, makes the money. I'm pretty sure there's going to be like if we go out and play next time we go play. Yeah. Um, there's going to be at least still probably three inches of mud on my three iron because I mean I was you were digging I I was getting mad. You you would have been thrilled to you, watch me and Matt come up uh, hole number five. I, I heard because in the cart we got stuck. I thought yeah. Oh yeah. I, I thought we were leaving it there and and just walking off the course. It was bad. Or getting man. kicked off the course. I don't know. Yeah. One I mean we, you're, you weren't getting kicked off with those guys that were in front of us. No chance. They no, were just no. no. We just kid behind us did the same thing. Almost buried it in a fairway. Yeah, I felt bad for him. He was by himself trying to push that car the whole time. <laughs> yeah, at least it was the two there of us. There was no way I was walking through all that mud to go help him. No. Sorry, bud. I mean, I I I'd say I had fun. We're gonna have to have the count tally. We yeah, <laughs> when we get visual <laughs> podcast. Ding. I had uh, I had fun, but again, we said it plenty of times on the course. April golf don't matter. Right. What matters is May sixteenth. Right. Still can't reveal that to the 
to the listeners yep. just in case it falls through. But big things planned, and it obviously has something to do with golf. Yeah. Big day. And if I play anything like I did on Sunday, <sighs> I won't, I'm won't. i not going to be allowed to back. The, no, you're going to have to stop at the pro shop I'm, pick for <laughs> at least – that's why they're inviting us up. They know they're going to make a bunch of money in ball, pro in ball sales. <laughs> pro shop. He's got to stop at Home Depot for <laughs> for grass seed. <laughs> Didn't count. That was first first round. One grape. Didn't count. I was. I'll be. I'll be honest. That was your second round. Oh lie. That was your second. Yeah. yeah. Well, you I did didn't... cheat and went out before without us. No, but I was. It wasn't. We were playing. Uh, we were playing better ball, so I was out on the course, but it wasn't like score. I'm sure. I told you. Now, after what we went through Sunday, you're probably gonna think I'm lying, but I hit my irons really well that day. <laughs> like, always does when you're around. It's yeah. crazy when you're not with somebody all of a sudden, yeah. dude. I was on best fire. Best day of my life. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was impressed based on when we went, when the three of us and Jay went to the simulator a couple months ago, and like, you. Didn't look like you were gonna be any good. Like you were, you. Were, you I mean, I was pretty impressed. I like the honesty. I was pretty no, impressed. Was yeah, no, I've, I figured. Bad. I figured. I'm like, yeah, me and Tanner will be about the same. You know, <laughs> not yet. Not on Sunday. Not on Sunday. Uh, yeah. But uh, so um, so far in. So yeah, we went golfing and uh, we're gonna from last week's Runko report card. We're gonna transition yep. here. We got the intro. Check. Yeah. Hey, man, it's your birthday. Whatever you want. No, Ronco's report. Yeah, Ronco's yeah. report card right now because it's. it might take 10 minutes to read through the notes that let's, he sent me. Let's get through it. <clears throat> um, and also, just so we're clear, Runks, when you go grade this week, since he went ahead and gave us all individual grades instead Love of grading it. the podcast as a whole. Can you grade the whole podcast? Um, we got to get a nope. whole podcast. Runks, well, I just want, I mean, they, Tom and, and Matt made it clear that the intro, all me. So I want that to go towards my grade. 100%. Oh, absolutely. My, yeah, it's all my want, grade. I want nothing else it's to all do yours. with that. That is all you. Okay, so are you guys uh, ready for Always. John Ronco's report card? I'm not ready. I stay ready. Okay, where, where do we start here? Starts off. Okay. Snap, Snapchat message. Jo- drum roll, pre- please. Jeez, I can't talk. <laughs> Pretty priest. Priest. Drum roll, please. I only had one today. I don't know what's going on here. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Transfer portal dragged on too long. I looked at the time at 17 minutes, and it felt like a goddamn eternity. <laughs> if you're gonna have, if you're gonna have to fact check on some things, I'm guessing the WNBA draft stuff uh, live. It will always slow down the show. Segments obviously will be key moving forward. You barely touched on one, and you all flowed really well. Tom's explanation of the ACL and the stories behind it was money. Such good flow, even with Tanner interrupting him. <laughs> Tanner, wrong. Tanner's first-hand experience added a lot. I would absolutely try to use his knowledge, Tom, Tom's knowledge of sports medicine again with a story behind it if possible. Also, Hooper is nowhere near as cool as Tweeter. Like, Tweeter was a star receiver. I can't, I can't even remember Hooper on the damn team. <laughs> So that's exactly he. He went when we went. We went Tweeter slash Henry Rowan Gardner. That's the that's the backup he used. He cited Runko's report card as Tweeter's uh, level of athlete. Yeah. Okay. Maybe pat yourselves on the back a little more on the recap of the episode. Sarcasm, you fools. <laughs> Sarcasm. 
overall, the beginning felt slower and longer because of lack of flow. I agree with him there. Uh, but not too bad. A lot more dead air than others, but it was also a down week for sports. Didn't touch on any baseball, NFL draft, etc. Basically a two-topic episode. Overall, Tom gets a solid B+. Great knowledge, great story, and once he got rolling, I enjoyed it very much. That a boy. Thanks, Ron. B+. Plus. <laughs> try, try my best. Sorry, misfunctions here. Oh, where are we at? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All those viruses on the phone. Oh, God. <laughs> His phone's crashing. No, I... 30th birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. I don't know what Apples. happened. The rest of it, it's gone. It's kidding? gone. No, I'm not. Just says drum roll, please, now. You said you saved it. I didn't Copied save it. it. Yeah, in... I didn't save it as a note. Damn. You're unbelievable. So we don't get to know the rest? No, I know what the grades were. I don't remember. <laughs> he called you Giggles. I was about to read Giggles. He said you had a lot. He said, yeah, so I'll try to remember from memory. He gave you a B minus. Where else would you remember from? Huh? Where else would you remember from? What did I say? Something stupid? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Called called you giggles. Uh, Said B minus. I would have giggled as soon as you read that. He said maybe cut it at six Coronas instead of seven (laughs) next time. (laughs) Uh, Probably not. And then... And then uh, this is why I'm a little upset. This is why I need the intro factored into my grade for this episode. Uh, he came in with a C for me. What um, was Matt? What was Matt's grade? B minus. B minus. Yeah, I'm bringing up the rear. Yeah, <laughs> he gave me a C because he said I did. I'm held to a higher standard because I'm the host. And then it seemed like he wanted to say more stuff, but he just like stopped typing mid sentence. So, so B plus for Tom, B minus for Matt, C for me. Hard C. How does that make wow. you feel on your birthday, too? No, well, no. The birthday episode is today, so I had to read it today, but that was I mean, that's what I mean. Like, was it hard to read on your birthday, but you got a C? The first C in my life, I think. It's a very good, very good student. But, hey, I'm I'm looking at least a B this week with the intro. Oh, I'm giving at least, you a, at least an A with that intro. Yeah, you got you're at at least A minus to start. To start, yeah. I know, but I'm saying so. Like, finish, then, I'm gonna finish it. Then, as you as we go throughout this, then I feel like it would just knock you every time. Yeah, like I feel like I'm already knocked because the drum roll, After please, that. whatever I said, drum roll, please. Yeah, drum roll, please. Yeah, I'm already I'm already down to a B plus, I think, just because of that. You're still a Rhodes Scholar in our book, but yeah, I swear only one B one. The cervezas so far. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Good for you. So what do you want to talk about this week? Yeah, birthday, birthday. Well, birthday boy. I want to feed off of uh, Tom's Facebook and along with our... All right, give the viewers uh, a little uh, idea of what uh, Tom's Facebook is. I then. will. I will. If you would stop interrupting me like your report card just said, <laughs> I'll get there. My bad, man. I so like to have a conversation. I agree with uh, Ronks in the fact that I thought your knowledge on the ACL and how that conversation went. Like I said it the next day, I went through and listened while I was hitting some practicing some uh, some golf shots before we went. Maybe I won't do that next week. <laughs> you, <laughs> wait, you you practiced before? We yeah, played? yeah. So I'm not going to do that next you time. Practice? I was hitting a little bit. I was, just, I was just hitting. I don't want to disclose where I was hitting. Oh, my God. You should go get your money back. No, I didn't pay money, bud. 
But uh, <laughs> thank God. But I was listening to our podcast. <laughs> Sleepy, in- Sleepy Hollow should have gave you your money back. They should have <laughs> Sunday. They should have. <laughs> I enjoyed. Donated a lot of balls. I only lost two. <laughs> that we know of. Right. I enjoyed the the ACL. I thought it was very just like easy flowing. Uh-huh. I agree with your knowledge. This week, the injury that you're going at is uh, the UCL, which for people that don't know, that is uh, Tommy John surgery. A lot of baseball players, specifically pitchers, have it. You were going at it hard, sharing a lot of statistics and pictures and whatnot. I don't, I don't want to lead you astray like uh, like last week where I'm just like, take it <laughs> what away, What do you Tom? think about Tommy John? Tom, wow. yes, take it away. Can you give us the origins of Tommy John, <laughs> what it means for the, for the, for the viewers? Um, so... Now this one's different because with the ACL, you said you you know you had people that you rehabbed and right. one of them right to my right here that is Matthew right uh-huh. to my right, um, never rehabbed a UCL nope injury, um, but you have some thoughts and we we talked about it actually in depth in your office a couple of days ago about why you think it happens uh-huh. um, structurally. Uh-huh. So for the viewers or for the listeners, I feel like we have some some. Parents that may listen or anyone who could kind of find this useful for their, their children and me, someone who coaches junior high baseball and travel baseball, which I think is, you know, um, it's a good thing. It could be a good thing, but also, you know, depending on who the coaches are, there, there's a lot of variables. And I, I think some of it that I've seen can kind of contribute to the wear and tear on, you know, a kid's shoulder, elbow, et cetera. Um, so I just, for you, maybe give them some useful information or why it happens and, and, and what you think about it. Well, before you get into it, I got to ask you yeah. two questions. Uh-huh. One, is it something like like the ACL where you, you're like, oh, this is my project for however many months. Would you like look forward to it? Not forward to the kid, whoever did it, but to that process of rehabbing that, that type of injury? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You would? It, it, it is definitely one. I don't hope any of my kids tear right, UCL, absolutely. but um, I definitely would be fired up to uh, attack it. Something you've never done, right? How do I, how yeah, do I get yeah. it back to where I need it to be or better? You've done right. a couple ACLs. That's old news now. Right. Give me the UCL. Yeah, I'm, bo- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm bored with that. <laughs> and then uh, my second question is, uh, do you feel like it's a little bit more, I guess the word is, like controllable to not get that injury? Than the ACL, hundred oh, percent. Okay, hundred percent. If 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 you're a Tommy John, <clears throat> use, needing Tommy John to repair a UCL is not a, um, you know, just a, a you know, a, a crap luck um, injury. Okay, it is. It's mismanagement. It's okay. You know, um, lack of understanding overusing a kid okay and uh and definitely you know almost 100 as close as you can get to 100 percent preventable um your first question actually when you get the like to, to attack the um the rehab on it a lot of times when kids come in the training room they've already got posterior back shoulder pain right and sometimes inside elbow pain the inside the elbow that's where the ucl is that inside elbow pain isn't the naturally the ligament as much as it is spasming in the muscle 
that's okay. serving to try to protect the ligament from being stressed. Okay. Right? So when they come in, uh, kids that have come in and stayed with me and gone through some of the uh, rehab and, and intervention is basically what you would be doing should they have had Tommy John okay. and coming out you know, later stages in their rehab. So you're kind of rehabbing the same lines you would if it were Tommy John right? without the surgery. So they would, uh, you know, the one thing that you may hear a lot is after, you know, especially obviously in major leaguers, they get the, they blow out their UCL, they get Tommy John, they come back throwing five to eight miles per hour harder. So baseball enthusiasts think, wow, if if so-and-so, Matt Tanner, could throw eight miles an hour more after surgery than he he did, I should go blow out my elbow. I should just get the surgery. I'm better right, off just getting the right. surgery. It's the surgery that did it. Right. It's actually the rehab, naturally, that strengthened your arm that much got more. Got you, yeah, fixed all your problems that contributed like you were saying, hoop, okay. <laughs> to the in- initial injury. So just like the the ACL, mm-hmm. um, but again, the ACL, you can't – we could take you through that preventative program. Right. And still can't guarantee you you're not going to tear that thing. Right. I'm much more confident that if you follow the, the, program the Tommy right John post-surgical rehab far before your injury were even to come up or you started to get shoulder or elbow soreness. Right. Not only are you going to prevent the injury, I'll give you the five to eight miles per hour on your fastball. What um, what like for me, I use my my patella uh, yeah, my patella, patella tendon, tendon for my ACL. <clears throat> what are they using for your UCL? Like what? It's uh, it's called your palmaris longus tendon. Okay. So if you uh. Some people, it's actually absent in a lot of people. But if you touch your uh, like your thumb to your pinky with the, the tendon that pops up prominently in your face, right there, yep, that's your uh, palmaris longus. <clears throat> They'll take that as your graft. You don't need that. No. And actually, fun fact here, if it were on the, what's, uh, on the side of a Cheerios or a cereal <laughs> box for you, right? This or is a, a Snapple, is it Snapple cap, cap there right? You go. Or if this is like a Jeopardy question, something like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure the percentage, but there are a lot of people that don't have oh, really? Palmaris longest tendon. <laughs> yeah. In, in, in fact, I have, I could go there. My right hand, I don't have it. My, le- my left, I do. <clears throat> so that's the, that's the common tendon that's so used pe- to right, graft the UCL. What if you're starting to lose that, like genetically, like it's getting wiped out of people? So what are they going to use if yeah, you don't if, have? If you don't have two of them, like you don't have one, what if you don't have either? In either hand, what do either? they use? You could go back. You could go cadaver. Okay. You oh, can okay. use you can use other tendons. Oh, okay. But the the reason that's so popular because is because it's, so it's because it's absent. Right. There's no real okay uh, significance to it. You wouldn't under <clears throat> you wouldn't appreciate any type of loss of function having taken that away from you and used right. it to your UCL. And would it, so it would be the same premise as the ACL, like it would die at some point, right? It would right. change over. Yep. So you, yep, yep, yep. you're gonna have that, uh, um, that, like you said, the dying and then regeneration of the uh, properties of taking that tendon to a ligament. So, 
here's uh here's my question, right? Like in your perspective without ever actually rehabbing one, but you know enough and I'm I'm sure you I mean, obviously you you're getting um pictures and things like that about like the major league players that played in the little league world series tearing their UCL and, and things like that. Is it, do you think it's like a lack of some sort of function in the body? Like what, what do you think is the easiest way or the most preventable fix? Right. Cause you're talking about the rehab for it and, and things like that. But like, what do you think, um, the easiest way to, to, to prevent it? Like if you had to pick the, the biggest thing that a kid out there or a parent could have their kids start doing, that's like 12, 13, 14 years old to prevent potentially doing that. Like, what would it be? Scapular stabilization. So what that means is your, your shoulder blade and your positioning of your shoulder blade on your, uh, on your back. So, um, your shoulder blade is, is basically free floating, right? There's no, there's no ligament, minimal ligament, uh, bone to bone attachment. It's more all, uh, surrounded by tendons and muscles, right? Mm -hmm. So number one to that is posture. We, and, and what I think is, you know, what's contributing more to it as we get, as we evolve is we're becoming more and more sedentary, more and more lazy. You know, our, our parents, our grandparents, our great grandparents grew up and were either agricultural or industrial, uh, society where they're out working in the coal mine, the farm, you know, they're uh, standing up, <clears throat> right. Assembly line. Yeah. We're. Now the American dream is to have the corner office, sit at your desk eight hours, and uh, and have crap posture. Uh, the kids are less. Kids are out playing, playing video games. Yeah, they're playing video games <clears throat> and all that kind of stuff. And uh, and so the postural part of just being slouched, rounded shoulders, uh, hunched over, that in itself is already a major, major problem that has to be addressed, and that never does. Um, you know, naturally. The, the biggest pet peeve I have is immediately they go out and, you know, they, they'll get they'll get muscle soreness in the shoulder, chalk it up as rotator cuff pain, and, and, and most of the time it is, and we'll throw TheraBands at them, do all these cute, nifty th TheraBand exercises, and you're getting nothing accomplished. Um, the, the big thing with that is essentially – you could get into shoulder um, instability and all that kind of stuff, which also would kind of be on the same rehab principle and philosophy. But you, your shoulder uh, is essentially a golf tee, right, for all of us sport-minded people, a golf tee with a softball sitting on top of the golf, uh, the golf tee. Odds are that thing's falling off the golf tee, right? right? So – it's going to be the rotator cuff that has to keep that softball on the golf tee. And the TheraBand is equivalent to we're just going to keep picking the ball up off the ground and balancing it on the, the tee, right? Never addressing the tee. The tee is the shoulder blade. So at some point Sunday, if we can't tee our ball up, right, you might the ball falls off, you put it back on once or twice. <laughs> After that... You take the tee out of the ground and find a more stable place to put the tee in in order to put that ball on it, right? Right. So the scapular stabilization goes back to that just finding new ground and creating a stable base for the shoulder to operate on. If that's not happening, 
you're losing uh, efficiency, you're losing mechanics to the shoulder. So then you're compensating? <clears throat> you're compensating because what your body and you as an athlete are going to say is, if I could hit 95 on the radar gun, I'm doing it one way or the other. My body's going to find a way for me to throw this ball as hard as I can to the catcher's I'm, mitt. I'm hitting 95. Right. So now you compensate, and most of the time what you do when it comes down to Tommy John is if you're having a shoulder issue and you have a scapular issue, which everybody does, <clears throat> you and I have it, right. not throwing the, a baseball regularly, right? You end up uh, basically changing the slot of your uh, of your, of arm. your arm, so right? And you kind you basically straighten out instead of being almost in a ninety ninety position <clears throat> and delivering to the plate. Right. You're gonna you're gonna uh, extend that arm out and create a whip effect. So you're getting, from a physics standpoint, you're increasing your right. the radius. Right. Right. And you're getting that more of a whip enable to get to hit 95 because you can't do it from a strength component. So now when you're whipping, you're starting to create a lot of tension, a force on the inside of that elbow. Right. <clears throat> so the next phase of that, after your shoulder pain, you're going to start getting elbow pain because as you keep doing that and creating that force on the elbow, your muscles on the inside of that elbow go into spasm. That's what that initial pain is. And that's what that initial pain is that the kid's going to come into the training room to me and say, you know, I've got a problem here. Right. Um, at that point, once that muscle's in spasm because it's not, there, it's not made to tolerate that type of force from a whipping standpoint with your, right. with your arm. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to tighten up and spasm because it's overused. At some point, the only the next spot for um, uh, any muscle in any type of spasm, if you continue to put pressure on it, the last resort is it gives up and it releases the spasm. Right. Right. Part of that is how you treat spasms. But if this spasm now breaks up because it's finally said, listen, I'm waving my white flag. I can't keep doing this anymore. It's now going to say, I'm taking a back seat. The UCL, it's all you, man. Gone. Yeah, that's not lasting long. Wow. And now it's torn. So is my question was, is the spasm a kind of their, your body's way of telling you, like, hey. Yes. We got to stop doing this. This is a problem. 100%. And I, could, I remember going back. I, I was talking to Hoop earlier this week when we were talking about it in the training room. <clears throat> our, uh, our guy, Adam Sosnowski. I remember vividly Adam had came in, same type of thing. Every time he was throwing, he had uh, inner elbow pain. Um, and it, it was chalked up to that type of spasming. Right. Not to say that Adam was ready to blow out his UCL, but right. you know sometimes. And again, that that part once you get to that point, it could be you know you're 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 on the roulette wheel a little bit. You don't know right. if it's now or now or later when it's going to happen. Um, but I was able to take Adam and get him into the weight room. Just have him throw a tennis ball. Don't give him any, you know, give him no teaching cue whatsoever. Throw a tennis ball as hard as you can at the wall. You have pain? Yeah. Okay, here's what I want you to do. And the first fix was just to figure out kind of diagnostically what was going on with him. Okay, I want you to pinch your shoulder blades and really get, get in a good posture and almost overemphasize that. Hold that shoulder blade through your pitching windup 
and keep it pinched as long as you can, right. which is now changing the entire dynamic and mechanics of your slot, shoulder. The right. Your shoulder's at now. Right. Because if you're pinched back that way, you really can't get out and extend and, and create efficient. that whip. Right. right. You're going to be in a better position 90-90. And him holding that eliminated his elbow pain immediately. So I knew right then and there that how I was going to treat him was we're going to we're going to make his elbow feel better, you know, with the your your TLC type treatments of stem ice, right. massage, ultrasound, that kind of stuff. Get that spasm out of there. So he doesn't have any more pain. Right. But the bigger thing is long-term issue is we've got to fix his upper back and get him in that position. So to get him through the rest of that high school season, it was really just overemphasizing but when you're you're starting to get tired, it's because you're not pinching those shoulder blades anymore. You're back into the poor posture, rounded and now shoulders. You're putting all that pressure back onto your elbow, which is correct. Right, right, right. Hmm. Yeah, and those are like something like that. So you start to get tired. You like you'd probably notice it, but like things that you don't notice, like okay, arm slot changes, ball comes a little away from the body mm-hmm. as you start to get tired to an untrained eye or to someone who's not really painting, like you're not going to notice it. But then when they yeah. start complaining about the, about the elbow, yep. um, we actually have a, a player like currently, obviously we'll leave him unnamed, but yeah. you know, for as, as long as he's played like ball real far away from his body, right. Throws it like just the mechanics just aren't there. Never knew why. Um, now I do, but he made the passing comment to me. Hasn't been able to throw. Made the passing comment to me yesterday. Like, okay, well, I'm holding the ball up like closer, 90-90 position. Well, it doesn't bother me as much, right? That's what he's working on in physical therapy and, and things like that. And it's like, well, yeah, like when the ball is farther away from your body, like you said, it's going to be a whip. It's just, I mean, it's just going to be a lot of tension going through that elbow joint. Yeah, and 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 on a side note, since it's all unnamed. If anybody out there tells you to not retract your shoulder blades, <laughs> you should stop uh, seeing that person. They should have their their license taken away from them and, or at least stop practicing and trying to take care of people's shoulders and elbows. Yeah. But that's a just a different little disclaimer. So you kind of hit on um, prevention. Yeah. So is it more like we, we know, like for most little leagues or all little leagues, it's a pitch count? Mm-hmm. And then also, like, prevention-wise, like, physically, like, what muscles should I be working? Like, if I want to be a pitcher, <clears throat> I do not want UCL surgery. What what kind of, like, workout should I be doing? Core. Okay. A lot of core strengthening. Wow. And, That's uh, where you start with core. Yep. A lot of core strengthening and then back to that scapular stabilization. They're your two main points that you have to drive home uh, to attack the body and prevent it from a uh, – um, core because of the rotation that you're trying to get, or like the so the, the torque, I guess I want. One of our favorite our favorite sport um, media mogul here in the in the high school athletic world that's not really media um, had a had a local <laughs> had a local uh, oh uh, God. P- uh, baseball pitcher um, pictured. I showed Hooper the picture, shared it with him, um, and. It was the perfect example of what's going wrong at the at the lower level and the core to help to contribute to the top 
that's creating all the stress at the shoulder and then down at the elbow. <clears throat> Go back to the ACL because they're, they're actually a little bit related. We talked about the ACL and that knee goes inside, right. right, and caves in. Same thing with a pitcher. Once you cave that in, right, right, you're not you're not able because your knee is not balanced up over your uh, your ankle when you're driving off the pitching mound, right. So, luck. Hopefully, for a right-handed pitcher, I'm hoping that I'm in the third base dugout as the athletic trainer. Okay. Right. I don't know anything. I'm not a pitch coach. I'm not going to pretend I am. So there's a lot of, you know, if you get a good athletic trainer and a good pitching coach, that's a deadly combination to take care of shoulder, elbow health, right? Okay. But I don't have that pitching. I'm not a baseball guy, right? Um, but I know biomechanically certain things I'm looking for. Right. So if I'm in that third base dugout and I have a right-handed pitcher, that's perfect because in the stretch or You're coming and wind up. Everything straight to you. Yeah, I, I'm seeing his chest, right? right? So – I can see that knee that is pushing off the mound as he's delivering to the plate. He's got to come up and be balanced on that, keep that knee over his ankle <clears throat> as he accelerates and pushes off the mound. Right. Right. If you get what you're looking for is that caving. If you see the caving of the knee and then he goes, right, yeah. that caving in the knee just took away anything he's getting from the core on up to right. throw 95. Okay. So now he lost all of his lower half. Right and all the power in his legs right. to be able to go. So now, what's he going to do? He's going to get that arm out because he lost that. He, his only goal is I'm throwing 95, I'm getting it there somehow. Somehow, some way. Right. So now that that's gone, that's going to create the same type of thing he was talking about last uh, last week with the deadlift and stuff, where you get round uh, hunched over at the the spine and all that kind of right. stuff. <clears throat> that that cycle is occurring right up the up the body, which once you get to that point, we didn't obviously go this to this extent because it didn't affect the shoulder. Right. But once you get that arching in that upper back, that means your shoulder blades are around and not retracted in that position. Right. Now your shoulder's in a very unstable position. Um, and then now you're what we just talked about earlier, getting into the why it's elbow pain. So that's the first thing I'm looking for is that knee caving. Right. If that knee's caving I know that kid's on <clears throat> forget the pitch count. We got to figure this out because he's already he's fatigued there. Right. And then the next thing would be and it's harder to see from the dugout, but is call he retracted? Skip. Call the skip. Get, yeah. get somebody warmed up. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to follow pitch counts because, you know, they're not arbitrary. They're not um up for discussion like yeah this like, is, and again which, and and there's wiggle room like it's yeah, a yeah. it's a guideline it's a it's a guidance so there are going to be kids that can't get the 75 pitches in a day he can only throw 45 right but there are going to be some kids that can throw 90 and they could tolerate it and they'll never have a problem right but there but to say that a 75 pitch count is just you know it, Researchers didn't that's, throw a dart at the dartboard and go, you know what? That's at that number. age age range, we're going seventy five for that's a day. That's a good number. So we th it's based on a lot of data on shoulder fatigue. So I'm going to say this: so a pitch count, it's going to, in the long run, help more kids, save more kids, and it's going to hold back because you're going to have yes. maybe one out of every five kids who can go past the you know hundred right. pitch high school limit, but right. those other four. Can't, shouldn't. Correct. You, we, you talked about, you mentioned in our conversation during the week, Nolan Ryan was able mm -hmm. to go out and throw 120 
pitches, right? Yeah, but, he, again, but again, like just like rest, the yeah. ACL with uh, Peterson. Peterson. Nolan Ryan's a freak. You can't compare yeah, to Nolan Ryan. Right. Like his ability, like he could withstand. No, no, I'm saying, yeah, but people will point to Nolan Ryan. Like, oh, he used yeah. to pitch every three days. You know, he would throw you know 150 pitches a game. Yeah, Get they, it. You could point to, to one, but there are – Plenty of people that are currently in the majors that have blown out their UCL, and probably a bunch of guys throughout the, the country and you know every other country that have blown out that you've never heard of. Yeah, there <laughs> there are a lot of kids between 14 and 16 in this country blowing out UCLs that have no business doing it, mm-hmm. none. And mm-hmm. and uh, you know and and these surgeries are completely preventable because it's just mismanagement. And now, I mean. And now you're you're playing more baseball. Like even ten years ago, fifteen years ago, it was, you know, okay, I'm nine years old, ten years old. I'm playing elephant little league, elephant pitch, right. like coach pitch, like that's it. Now it's okay, I'm playing that league, and then you know, there's a little league, and then there's a junior teener teener league, which is like the same. So I'm playing games every day, and. Okay, Matt might be the coach of my little league team. Tom's coach of my junior team. They're not talking. They don't care. Matt cares about winning. Tom cares about winning, which in my eyes is part of the problem because if you're the coach of that team, yeah, you want to win, right? I'm the yeah. most I'm one of the most competitive people you'll meet, but I'm not going to sacrifice winning at the detriment right. of a, or even if it could potentially be the detriment right. of a of a kid. You know what I mean? And 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 the problem is and and that's where you know Somebody like you mm-hmm. in the position you're in, Matt, yourself, right? You guys don't have a dog in the fight. Yeah. Right? So that allows you to be a little bit more objective, take a step back and right. say, what's, what is this really in the best interest of this kid? Right. You know, and, and that's not what's happening at the youth level. No. And the youth, the youth sports, it, it's become a, a billion-dollar business, yeah. youth right. sports. Like, we, we used to go, grow up jump on our bikes, track down people at their houses, go play, go play organize a either a wiffle ball game, hardball game at a local park, pick teams, no no parent around. Right. You know, nobody telling you what to do and how, how to do how it and you know, keep your arm this. up, your yeah. di- you know, you're swinging, you di- we just played. Mm-hmm. And then the streetlights by the time the streetlights came home or you're starving to death, you went home and that was the end of it. Now, everything's Everything's structured for the kid because it's driven on this billion-dollar business that has become youth sports. Right. And a very wise person told me, and it, you know, it didn't really click um, before until this was people. People are going to spend exorbitant amounts of money on two things: their kids and their pets. And when you look at it, it's a hundred percent true. Mm-hmm. Right? I have a cat in the house. I'm deathly allergic to the damn thing, right? My <laughs> wife loves the cat. My kids love the cat, right? Oh when the cat gets fleas, I want to kick it out into the woods, right? What do I do instead? You go we'll pay two hundred. I pay two hundred bucks to the vet and smile. Yeah. You know, like so. It's the same thing. You do anything you could for your kids, but the problem is when it's mom and dad. Very rarely. Most in most situations, the blinders are on. You can't step back and look objectively and say, yeah. you know, they, buddy, we got to get to this trainer, we got to get to this uh, right. hitting lesson and this pitching lesson, and you know, now we got travel league, and now we're got, you know, we're gonna play town ball, and now we're gonna, 
Um, you know, I, it blew my mind a couple of years ago that, you know, one of these different, you know, we got a lot of travel uh, programs going on. There's like six UT ball travel. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. What oh, are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. Show up, give the kid a hat mm-hmm. and a shirt, throw him a couple French fries, put the ball on the tee, hit it, and let them run around for an hour and go home. What are you talking about practicing tee ball? He's going to the and league. traveling. What are you talking yeah. about? My son's going to the league. And that, right. honestly, is so much. That's going. why it's a billion-dollar yeah. business. Yeah. And, and there's too, far too many people taking advantage of that and it's someone to line who, their pockets. Some, someone who's in it, that is exactly what it is. Oh, like, yeah, they right. won't say it, but every parent thinks, like, my kid is, you know, he's, he's, he's going oh, to the league. Oh, if I get the trainer, if I get the best. Sliced bread. And, and, and as a, you know, as a parent, like, yeah, you're going to spend the money and whatever, you're going to do it because it's for your kid. I'm Get telling that. you, you can't separate it. I, I'm sitting here and I'm telling you that objectively. I've watched it. I have, I have Madison. Um, you know, I tell her all the time with basketball, I'm not going to bust your chops. I see too many people, too many kids that are sometimes playing in our athletic programs that are going, I don't want to be here. Yeah. That's why they're coming in my room. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, they're yeah, looking yeah, yeah. for me as their escape out. Like, yo, my ankle's hurting me today. Like, yeah. I can't run. Mm-hmm. You know, or I can't throw today because – they're tired. They don't want to do this anymore, right? Yeah, right? So uh the same thing. She 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 talks my wife put her in t- uh softball when she was little. She didn't like it. She pulled out. Now all of a sudden she's like, eh, you know, I w-, she said the, made the comment, "I wish you made me play softball." No. Me as dad, I want to hear that rather than why did you make me do this? Right. I don't want I'm not going to be that father. So even then, I'm sitting here and I got that. And I grasped that and I've done that with my kids. N- Natalie hits me last week, week, week and a half ago. She's running track. I'm a pole vaulter now. I'm, I'm like, you're what? You're <laughs> pole vaulting, right? You're 85 pounds, something like that, right? <laughs> How the heck are you even being able to bend a bar to go over and vault over six foot? You know, and six foot's the minimum. Right. She she cleared it yesterday in a meet against Scranton. And here I am, like, I'm taking her to Allentown, the vertical assault. We're getting lessons, you know. Like, I'm, Shout I'm out. already clouded. Shout right. out Dave Krajewski. Dave Krajewski, right. Vertical assault. Yeah, you know, and uh, but I'm fired up about it, you know. It, it's something she's excited. It gets me excited. And right. I'm sitting here. I went into dad mode, like, I'm going to get you. This could be a scholarship. This could be money for – because, again, you, that's the athletic director part of me is saying she's a female that – how many female pole vaulters are out there in Division three schools? They like, could throw you some money for that, like mm. girls lacrosse or girls tennis. Like right. you, you could get that stuff. But girls golf, right? You know, so you from the whole Title IX component, you could take advantage of that being a data of, of girls that are athletes. But but right then and there, I'm clouded, and I gotta I gotta step back and say, hold on a minute. She cleared six foot, easy. If she likes it. Yeah, if she wants it, again, just like Madison, if she comes to me like, That's Dad, I'm thing, a pole right vaulter. There. I want to, I want to get, I want next year as a senior to try to clear ten feet. I will drive you down and we'll get lessons. Right. But I'm not gonna sit there and go, Let's go, another one, vault another one. No, I'm gonna let her go to somebody that knows what they're doing, could be objective with my daughter, and come back and say, Dad, kind of, you know. We got a couple lessons through. Maybe it's not worth it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not a pole vaulter. All right, man, no problem. I appreciate it. You know, that was the not like, thing no, no, like no, no. I'll, I'll show you. She'll get over that bar. You know? Yeah. Right. But that was, like, the biggest thing for me growing up personally. Like, 
like my parents never pushed me to do anything I didn't want to but if I was going to do something I was going to do it at 100% and then as I got older I was like you know what baseball's a little too slow for me can I do AAU uh-huh. parents absolutely yeah like they gave me everything I wanted but it was more like me being the guy to go up to him and be like hey I want to do AAU or I want to play. It, it has football. to be self-driven. If yeah, not, absolutely. It's, it, it, it's gone. And I think and that's the problem, like what you were saying with a lot of these kids, is like mom and dad are trying to live vicariously through these children. Like, right. I didn't get to do this, this, or this. But if I put you through this, this, or this, you might have opportunities that I didn't have. Yeah. Yeah. Or see, they didn't succeed how they wanted to. And, I mean, I don't – you probably see it like, okay, so, Matt, you're basketball coach. My coach baseball, basketball, you probably – I feel like I don't see it as much on the high school, like, school level with that. So you see it, but, like, travel, it's just right, right there in right. your face. Right. Like, it's just there, and you, you see the kid, and you're like, ah, you know, this kid would probably be very, very good. Just, like, it would do him a world of good just playing local town ball league. No parents paying the money. Like, that's going to get my kid there. And it's almost like you see it, and it's like, well, no, they're doing it for themselves. As soon as they graduate, they never pick up a basketball again. Yeah, they're doing it for them. You know what I mean? And that's and that goes back. I've said it and I've shared this story because when I was at a conference and heard it, it absolutely blew me away. And since I've known this bit of information, I've watched and it's 100% true. I know I haven't shared it on here, so I'll certainly leave it here with it. But parents always say, when do I, when do I start? When do I put little Matt in basketball? When do I start him in youth football? When do I start him in little league baseball? When do I start strength training, you know, running track, whatever it is, right? When do I start? What's what's the key to success to get them that scholarship and those professional athlete aspirations? This guy turns around and says, no problem. You tell me when you as mom and dad are comfortable with young Steven coming home and saying, Dad, I'm done with football. Dad, it's time to hang up the baseball cleats. What at what age do you want to hear that come from your son or daughter? Right? So of course that you take a step back and go, whoa, wait a minute, what are you talking about? Right? Why are they saying this? I thought they loved it. Yeah. So what he got the point is you got ten years. So if you're if you want that to be through college, right? I want him to be a college athlete, you're twenty two, twenty three years old. You better start your kid at 13 then. They're only going to play one sport for 10 years. They're going to get exhausted. They're tired of it. They're moving on with their life. And so when you throw your kid in 5U T-ball, <laughs> right, at 5 years old, you better be ready at round time 15 when it comes for junior high baseball tryouts or high school baseball tryouts. That kid's cashing out. And you better be okay with it because it's not the kid's fault. Right. He's played baseball for 10 years. Yeah, He's right. done. It's over. He's exhausted. And I'll never forget, we had a, a track kid come up to, uh, uh, I think he was maybe a junior in high school. That This was the first time it hit me, like, clinically or practically, right, uh, at work. After I heard this, kid quit track, right? Dad stops me in the parking lot the one day. He says, you know, we had a good relationship. Yo, you got to talk to my boy. You got to talk to my boy. We got to get him back to track. He won't run track. He doesn't want to run track. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll talk to him. I'll talk to him, see what's going on. I don't, you know, 
love to have him around. Great kid. You know, it helps helps with the team and stuff. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I've had him. I've been having him run. He's been running with me since he's four years old. Whoa. Mm. I didn't share the information I had with dad, but hit me square in the face. There it is. Time's up, man. That That's what it came down to. So you think I had the conversation with the kid? No, because I know why the kids quit track. Right. He's done. He doesn't want to run anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just want to go back because I didn't want to. I didn't want to interrupt you. I didn't want to get docked on my report <laughs> report card. <laughs> uh, Runko report nah, card man, you just radar. Gotta, you gotta be yourself. But you were t- you were talking uh, a little bit ago about like your kid. Like you said it with uh, Matt. You said it with your parents. Like. I'm done with baseball. I want to go do AAU. Like, you're looking for. Well, my mom was a little excited when I was done with baseball, yeah. too. She was kind of like, thank God. Like, she, she's not a fan of sitting there waiting for things to happen. So she's, I mean, it, it was kind of like a win-win for her. Right. But it was more of me pushing and being like, hey, I think basketball is more my thing. I want to I wanna get after this. And mm-hmm. like, they were more head over heels. We'll give you AAU personal. Like, they would do that for me, and that mm-hmm. was awesome. But. That, yeah, so that's that's the big thing with me. Obviously, uh, don't don't have a kid, but like, you know, those that you ju- know th- of, yeah, those ju- those junior high, those me, me, I have like six running around. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like those junior high kids, like at at that point, like okay, like parents are entrusting me with you know to 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 give their kid like something that they could take you know, through for the rest of their life. So not just a sport, like you yeah. said life. Like you're trying to teach them some life lessons through that sport. With me, like I got into baseball because, you know, Crope hired me because he knew I was into the the strength and conditioning aspect of it. Right? That you know, mm-hmm. that that's how I ended up on the staff. So with me, like that is my job for the varsity program. So as soon as the season ends, I give it like two weeks, hey, you know, reach out to me. Like, I'm not going to chase you. Right. You want to come. You want to get better. And and I say it in uh, side note, the biggest thing, the, the lowest hanging fruit to, to become a better athlete is strength and conditioning. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not more of your sport. It's, oh, you don't you don't ever see the weight room. Oh, strength and conditioning. You'll get incrementally better, whereas specifically you might get a little better. Right. But if you have a better body, you'll get incrementally better. Mm-hmm. But back to the point, like, I don't chase any of them. I go, you reach out to me, here's my number, y'all have it. You can reach out to Coach Crope. If you don't have it, get it. Reach out to me, hey, Coach Hoop, so-and-so, I would really like to start, you know, weightlifting. Okay, that's the first thing. You don't do that. I'm not chasing you. I don't care, mm-hmm. right? It's not about me. I'm not that guy. But if you tell me that you want to be there, okay, that's the first thing. Right. So now you want to be there. Okay, I'll work around. You You have work. Okay, we'll figure it out. We'll make sure you're in there two or three days a week. Like I will do that. You want to you want to do this? You want to get in the weight room? You want to get better? I will make myself available. I'll figure it out so you get in there at least two, maybe three times a week. No problem. In the course of that, if you tell me like, oh, I wanna, you're a freshman. You you know you, maybe you pinch hit a couple times as a freshman. I I want to be a starter. Okay, you told me that piece of, that that's your goal. So now. I'm going to be a little harder on you. Like, oh, you know, I just, I'm a little tired today. Like, oh, I, you know, I played, you know, a Legion game. Well, no, get your ass, like, oh, you get your ass here. Like you said, you want to be a starter. Mm-hmm. Like you're not, you're not beat down. Like, oh, you played, you played a, a Legion game. It's fine. Get, get your ass here. Mm-hmm. So as the kids start giving me like those pieces of information, I want to be a starter. You know, I want to play baseball in college. Like that'll determine how 
much I'll chase them or how hard I'll be on them when it comes to that stuff. But again, it all comes back to the first thing is you need to send me a text. You need to give me a call. Hey, I want to start. And then from there, I mean, depending on the kid, yeah, it'll change. Like some kids I'll be a little tougher on. Some kids I won't, depending on what they tell me over the course. But I'm not going to chase you. I'm not going to make you do anything. Like it's not, oh, you're coming to the weight room so I could check the box that we did it. Right. Because if you're there physically but not mentally, you don't want to be there. Like you're, I'm not going Absolutely. to get you to do what you need to do. Same thing with any sport. Like if you don't want to be playing basketball and you're there because, oh, your parents are forcing you or, oh, like – I'm I'm not going to be able to get the most out of you. Right. You know they're, what I mean? They're, they're checking out. And that, and that's something I share. I, I try to press upon, you know, I have student trainers all the time at the school, is whenever you're even, you go back to an injury and you're looking at an injury, the, you know, our, our guy Runko being the nurse that he is, he understands the importance of history taking, you mm-hmm. know, and that, and that you, you can know, you know exactly what's going on before you even put your hand on the, on the patient's uh, body, you know, or whatever's going on through that if you're taking a good history well the history that kid is telling you a story about their injury their body's telling you another story it's my job to make sure that both stories line up if both stories don't line up we've got an issue here going on you're either you're either the the tough guy you know no 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 i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine your body's not telling me you're fine your ankle's not saying you're good your knee's not telling me you're good you're trying to tell me it I don't care what you say right now. But then there's that other kid that goes, nah, this isn't, this isn't good. This isn't good. I can't do this. I can't do that. Your body's telling me it's okay. I'm not going to tell you, hey, get your rear end back out on the track or back up on the baseball field right. and get going because I know there's something going on there that's not adding up. And the thing that excited me about getting back um, into the high school, not getting in back, but progressing to the high school Having come out of you know a Division One education, and that where I thought I was wanted to go professionally was I got to come back. I've got that experience that I had, and you know, and it worked worked out my favor. Not too long into my career, I had I was over at West. I had Sean, I had Matt McGloin, I had Hubie and Shrive and those guys, where it was a perfect blend of here's my Division One guys, right? I'm treating you guys real quick. You're not getting any sympathy out of me bud you want to be the man and you're the guy on our team you oh my wrist is bothering me Uh uh-uh let's go you're on the field because guess what when you sign that letter of intent at nebraska penn state syracuse alabama wherever you may be going as a freshman they don't care that you don't feel well that day you're practicing Mm -hmm. you got a scholarship you're practicing they don't want to hear it you're just another body on a roster because you could easily pack your bags. They're going to find another recruit, right? So I'm going to treat those guys a heck of a lot differently than I have the kid that is a very solid high school football player, high school baseball player. But I know, you know, maybe go to play Division three. Maybe once, once the kid is finished with high school, he's finished. But while he's here, he's that kid that, Listen, you do what you got to do. I got to play. You got it, bud. Let's go, right? I'll do whatever. Like you said, I'll spend hours in the training room. I'll figure out a tape job. I'll figure something out. I'll get you to play right. without without hurting you, being able to step back and objectively say, you know, I'm putting this kid at jeopardy. But then there's the kid in high school we all know, just happy to be on a team. You know, 
might not ever see the field. Some of them don't want to see the field. They just want to want to wear the jacket. They want to get that hoodie. They want to get the travel gear. They want to they want to go to the pasta party. When that kid has an ankle injury, I ain't treating him like I'm treating the kid that's thinks he's going to chase a Division One scholarship. Right. You know what, bud? Grab some ice. We'll wrap it up. Call it a day. Take today off. Call it a day. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll keep an eye on this thing. You know, we'll, I'm not going to push that kid. But the, and that's to me the most fun part of it is I'm going to attack that those different demographics differently. And when it comes down to it, develop a relationship with a kid regardless of what they're going to do. That turns into listen. You need something. Find me when you're 30 years old. You know, stop by and say hello. You know same, that same same thing with coaching, right? I mean, it, it's literally the same thing. Like the kid who's playing travel baseball all summer and paying, and like we'll do whatever you want. Like wait, like yep, I'll take you know extra swings in their basement. Like yeah, that kid's gonna get treated different than the kid who, like you said, shows up to practice, wants to be on the team, not treated differently, but like. You know, different goals. It, it, it's different goals. Like, I'm not going to, like, I want that kid to enjoy baseball. I want them both to enjoy baseball, basketball, whatever it is. But, like, I know I can yell at that kid, and I can get tough with that kid who is, like, diehard. Like, yep, I'm here. I want to be, you know, freshman varsity starter. I play travel baseball. Like, this is it. Like, I want to play baseball in college. I suppose the kid that just wants to be there. Like, I want them both on the team because they're just as important. Mm-hmm. Right, you mm-hmm. need those good team guys that are like selfless, there for the team, cheer, and you need the guys that are gonna do it on the field. Yeah. So I want both of them around, and you need to figure out how to keep both of them around. I need to challenge that kid who wants to play baseball in college, basketball in college. Like you need to challenge him. You need to challenge the other kid, but it just in a different way. Like I want you to be as good as you can be with the two hours I know that we're gonna spend. You know, a day together for three months out of the year or two months out of the year i want to get you as good as you want to be but sometimes i'm going to know when you're feeling it when you're not feeling it like i'm not going to yell at you yell at this kid i'm not going to yell at you the same way so i'm going to get on you so my question to the two of you Mm -hmm. as two young coaches on my staff right we've all you know that that's all all well and good how do you handle We've all had, we've all been faced with this. How do you handle and what's your approach to the kid whose goals and expectations are far beyond what their playing capabilities are? The kids that I'm going, I'm going to play at Texas. I'm going, um, I, you know, UCLA's calling. Do you want to go first? You want me? To nah, you you look like you're ready to answer <laughs> this one. Uh, I feel like it's kind of it's a filling out process. Like how how now do I how well do I really know this kid? Right. Do I have the type of rapport to really let him know? Bud, there's another bud. <laughs> bud. But like pal, whatever you gotta say to him, like, are you sure like that's really where you want to go? Can you do you really think like you have the ability? Like do you like do you break it down? Like do you realize like what kind of what a D1 athlete look like. Like, mm-hmm. do you realize the type of player? Like, do you know the speed, the strength, like the competition? Like, do you really think you have that ability? Mm-hmm. And if I don't have that type of, like, if I could tell the kid that, I'm going to tell him 100%. Right. 
straight to your face. If I can, we can have that heart to heart. I'm gonna let you know. If I don't have that, and we're kind of like okay, and I want to just see him have a good time, have at it, man. You can do it. What, whatever. Shoot for the stars. If you don't, if you, you can do it, man. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think it's kind of how how what kind of relationship you have with that person. See, I think um, I agree. You definitely need to have a, a good relationship. Which I mean. As a coach, basketball, you get twenty guys. Like, yeah, I mean, it's easy to 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 build relationships, but like, yeah, for me, it's it's also because I had one this year. I had one this year again. Not going to mention names, but it's like you you have it, and like when you develop such a good relationship with a kid, it's like, oh God, like I don't have the heart to tell him. You know what I mean? Like I want him to figure it out. Right. And you try to like for me. I'll try to get creative ways. Like, okay, Division One, baseball scholarship. Like, I mean, there are there are measurements. You know, it's it's almost like you know the NFL or, or football. Like, okay, sixty yard dash. Like, oh, you run a seven four. Like, Division One school ain't gonna look at you unless you're running like, you know, six nine so, or you're a first baseman who's exit velocity off, off the bat. Let me cut you off for a second. Go ahead. So you're saying if it's too good of a relationship. I'm just saying for me. For you? For me, like, oh, okay. like it's like, right. you know, kids go like, I don't you, have. Right, you don't, ha- you, he, he, you don't have the heart to disappoint the kid. He, you don't want him to, I feel you don't like want to hurt the kid. I, you don't want to hurt him, but. I no, mean, you just, you, you, you don't say it bluntly. The truth hurts. You don't say it bluntly, right. like you, you kind of no, find a way. Like, yeah, hey, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You find a way you, to. You saw there's man, different there's ways. no way. But, right, there's but, different I mean, ways to have the conversation. At a certain point in time, though, you need to have that conversation with the kid that you have that type of relationship with to let him know, like, man. I love that you you dream this big, but I don't want you to get hurt when you realize that dream's not coming true. Like maybe we should look in a different area. Like maybe not D one, but a a real good D two. Yeah. Or a high end three three. Like D one, two, or three. You're still getting great competition no matter where you're at. Yeah. We all agree upon that. Mm-hmm. It's just like where do you really see yourself playing at now? Yeah, and that, and that's when you, like you you think about obviously like football, basketball, or you know. This this area of baseball puts out a bunch of kids. I mean, you got yeah. you got kids all over the place. Whether it's from Tunkhannock, Valley View, you know, uh, prep. prep the couple kids from Dallas. You got right there. There's some uh, some, some players that, that have right a chance now. to the chance to play professionally. So, but when you, you know you, you look at the the football side of things too, um, you know the one thing that was always driven home was recruiters are looking for that size six green dress if you don't fit that size six green dress profile move on they're moving on right um but a lot of it i think is in our area we don't realize when you go back say football they're coming to scranton they're coming to northeast pa to find the connor mcgoverns the shrives the the interior linemen right when was the last tailback when was the last quarterback? We don't you know, Matt speed. went. You know, but right, but uh, you're not getting the lockdown safety no. coming out of Northeast PA. You're not coming They're for your skills, corner. guys. To P- right. for PA, you're, for skills, you're going either south or you're going Bama, Florida. Um, where else was I thinking? Yeah, you're you're big cities. Your your Phillies, your yeah. your right. Jersey, New York, um, Pittsburgh, that kind of stuff. Um, and, and and that's the thing I don't think people grasp is 
when you have the size, when you do have the measurables, that's a, they're the kid. The kid that has the measurables thinks he's a skill kid. Yeah. No, you need to figure out how to play guard. Right. That's gonna. That might get you drafted. Yeah. You know. And it, I don't think guys. That, guys don't like that. They don't want to hear that conversation. No, because it's like, well, my name's not gonna get called, or I'm not gonna get noticed like that. Right. But you'll get noticed ten times more. Right. Yeah. But I mean, going back to like that. That's a thing. Every sport, like of the big, there there are certain measurables, and I feel like now, baseball is like it's it's super big measurables because there's all these like you know pbr which is um they do all these like events where they'll get your exit velocity off the bat you know your you know exit velocity off the arm like so all these measurables and then okay here it is and it's pbr just like, P- the only pbr i know is the uh, mechanical bull riding the mechanical bull and never that's the only one you know? You don't know about that Pabst Blue Ribbon? Well, that yeah, that goes kind of in line with the mechanical bull at the bar. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> but anyway... I wasn't really... Back to your measurables. <laughs> anyway. No, but it's like, a, it's like a... So it's a big database, and they do these all across the country. Uh-huh. And, I mean, that's where you'll, you'll look. Okay, class of 2023, here are the best, you know, 60 times, and the best exit velos, and it's like these measurables and i feel like it's almost like your green dress thing if you don't fit at least this like this is the bare minimum right. like, we ain't looking at you yeah if you before run, they even you, pick up and watch a tape of yeah you. yeah right. that's, if you if you that's run my biggest thing if you run okay oh you run a 7 160 and you're uh you know an outfielder uh, we ain't we ain't calling you you need to be at six five yeah. six four right um flips flip side of that that was all i had with the measurables but even like with basketball i mean I'm not. I no chance. Division one. I'm five foot seven, hundred fifty pounds. Though. You're sub five. I don't think that measure. I don't think that matters that much in basketball. If I had a forty five inch vert, maybe I'd have a shot to go a small division one. Something. Speaking about it, rocking up your ass. Yeah. Um, sorry, thirty eight inch vert. We'll say that's pretty good. It's pretty good. But uh, it's like it, it's measurables. Um, but I mean, it's tough. Like the the five foot ten inch kid who can't move laterally. You know, I'm going Division One, but you ain't. You, you just yeah, but you ain't. So it's tough. But like, but then Tom said it though. He hit the nail on the head. Film, film. I feel like film does not lie. Like women lie, men lie. Numbers don't lie. Like the film doesn't lie. Like if you can, you, we can go out there, go on a combine, we can look great and everything. But all of a sudden, you put our film on on for the coaches. Holy shit! Ooh, this is the kid we saw in the combine. He ran the four three. He had two hundred. He had twenty on the on the two fifteen. Uh-huh. Like all that yeah, shit. Yeah. But all of a sudden, it's basketball, football. Like basketball, he can't pass. He can't pass and dribble. He can only shoot. Football, he's getting broken but, down. He can't cover anybody. Right. He's Film, not chasing. He's but, not pursuing. Right, right, right. But right. all of a sudden, you have the guy that did horrible in the combine but can read the play, knows where he needs to be, can remember a play. Like, that's the but, biggest thing to me. Like, film doesn't lie. Yeah, but those are the guys, that, more so in football, I would guess. Like, that guy that looks really good on the film but runs a 4'8", 4'7", 4'40", 4'6", 4'40", 4'5". Yeah, he's the guy that goes in the sixth round, and the guy, oh, my God, he just ran a 4-3-5. Yeah, we're taking him in the first round. Film looks like garbage, but, oh, he ran a 4-3-5. Those are guys that end up going up yeah. the, the draft board, which is yeah. why the combine kind of. The interesting thing I, I heard um, more so towards, like, the combine, like you're talking, mm-hmm. is there's not, because of the coaches 
the how do I want to say how fast they could be on the hot seat, right? They only have a certain window. They need to come in, get the job, turn around the program, do it the right way. As Jack Kelly sent me a, uh, a pretty funny uh, video of a ton of basketball and football coach press conferences, introductory press conferences. We're going to win the right way, right? They're going to come in, win the right way, but you only got about four or five years, so you got to get this done. Right. right. And most of the time while you're doing that, you're playing with the last guy's players. So you even get even to recruit your guys, right? Your guys. So what they do is they try to they try to skirt and cut corners by finding the measurables that they know, okay, this kid's fast. This is a, we could get him to come in and you know, maybe that'll make up for those role player then guys that actually develop a program. They're not coaching them up because now you're going into the transfer portal. You know, oh, I don't have time to develop Matt as a freshman to the junior because I'm going to get fired by then. I need to go find the kid that's done it as a transfer, bring him in so that I can win and never develop that kid. You know, and, and that's the thing that's that's lacking. And that's also my gripe with especially the NFL because you're looking at the measurables rather than, like you're saying, the film is he a culture guy? Is he good character? Is he is he going to be there, that sixth-round kid that's going to be there day in, day out, grind and do things the right way and win for you in the long term? Where that first-rounder, you know, it's great. You win the press conference, but you can't you, – you're, you're continuing to draft in the lottery. So do you think is that why Nick Saban, Bama, kind of Clemson now, they've kind of caught up, they've been able to be so dominant is because they can – Bring in these high recruits, coach them up, and still say like, "Hey, we're gonna coach you the right way, but get you a chance to like secure your future in the NFL." Yeah, those guys, those guys have gotten themselves by building that way. They recruiting ha- happens for themselves. They have to tell people no, right? You know, but I mean, you have to get to that point. But correct, but they've gotten themselves to the point where they're able to draw those kids in and say. It's time for you two to compete. You're you're the best tight end. You're the best defensive end, right? In the country, you got to compete against each other five days a week. And then when you go out on Saturday afternoon or Saturday night, you're mopping that kid up on the other side of the ball. Iron sharp because of the competition that's happening day in day out at Alabama Clemson practice. And um, Matt, you were you were just talking about Clemson, like okay, Trevor Lawrence. Right, came into Clemson, fought with Deshaun Watson. They weren't there at the same time. Started for three years. The kid, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. But when Lawrence was out, right when he got COVID, the Hawaiian. Like, if you Hawaii. could say his like, name, yeah, the Hawaii. DJ. Like, oh, DJ uh, Ugalele, a uh, Ugalele, something, something along like those that. lines. Something. But not like, bad. I was, I was but like, impressed. this dude, okay, five star recruit, sat behind Trevor Lawrence, like. He's coming in. He's been practicing with Trevor Lawrence. So, okay, we have Trevor Lawrence. We don't really need to do much with him. We're going to develop this kid. Trevor goes, the first overall pick in the NFL. Oh, here we go. We're not going right. to fall off at all because we got DJ coming in, and he's just as good. Maybe not just as good as Trevor Lawrence, but he could be just as good as Trevor Lawrence. Five-star recruit. Can throw the ball. Very athletic. culture, but, like, if you have the right culture, you have the right guys, as much as they're competing with one another, they want to also see each other succeed. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll use a prime exam- example, Alex Perslowski. Like, we practiced against each other every day when it came to practice. 
I hated him. Right. Yeah, he, you went after each he, other. He went after me. I went after him. And it wasn't like it was a cakewalk because he can dribble, shoot, and pass. He could defend. And I could do the same. And we would push each other in practice. All of a sudden, it came to game time. That's my brother, though. Right. Like, wh- whatever happens to him happens to me. Mm-hmm. You mess with him, you mess with me. Like, we're right. going to rock with one another. But that's the type of atmosphere that you need to to build do. a great program. That's the worst part, too. You're saying that, like, yeah, you need that type, Mike. You want your guys going at each other in practice. The worst is when you see them, like, when you know you have a player who's, like, who's might be better than the player that they're going against. But, oh, you know, he's my friend. She's my friend. Like, I'm going to take it easy. So, don't like, no, no, we don't need no. that. Right. We don't need – we need you – to, to get to the rack 10 straight times on this girl. I'd rather make you the, make me or you embarrass them to make them yeah. try harder. Yeah. Because they don't want to look bad in front of everybody. That makes them feel it's, worse. It's either it's either they're going to ride, they're going to work, they're going to get better, and a couple of weeks from now they're going to be able to defend you, or they're going to completely shut off. Okay, now it's the next 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 turn. Here, here, here's your opportunity to, to defend this and next person up. Right. Like it, But that, that's the worst. When you, when you start to get – Kids that are like, oh, no, we're friends. Like, I don't want to go too hard. I don't want to make her look bad or him look bad. You know, no. Yeah. And, and again, that, that's also, that's just a cultural component mm-hmm. to it. You know, are you, if you're not addressing it, you're enabling it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you look back, say the Saban thing, what happened, I think it was over the summer or sometime over quarantine, there was a recruit or so, something that had, uh, he was on a Zoom call with Saban. And I guess he recorded the call with his cell phone and then released it through his social media. Um, you know, the basically Saban's pitch to the kid to come play at Alabama. And immediately Saban wasn't happy, but who came immediately to the defense was Alabama alums, Alabama players. We don't do that, but go find somewhere else to play. Because if you're going to do that to coach, mm. you're not coming in this locker room. You know, um, and I think that to me speaks volumes over anything else that could come out of the Alabama program or what you're hearing. You know, if that's that tight knit, right? They got they got something going on there. But also, too, Saban and those guys have that conversation. Like, you have the ability. However, you're not entitled to this, right? You know, there's a process. You you've got to get through this. but if you do, you have an opportunity to make a heck of a lot of money for your family. I mean, and he's the, just been dumping guys into the NFL right now. I, like, if I had the chance to go play at Alabama, I don't know if I could ever say no. Yeah, how do you how like, do you, you how know do you you're going to no? go into their NFL ready because you're running a pro pro styled offense, pro styled defense. You know you're going to be getting developed in your position, whatever it may be, cornerback and defensive lineman right now for them running back too. Offensive lineman. Saban's, they send a, a, lot. Saban's a defensive back coach. Right. Like that's his niche. That's where well, he started I, coming through. And then as a then he went from as that position at, coach at Michigan he's State. He's a defensive right? coordinator. Right. Yeah, Michigan yeah, State. Where'd you where'd you go to school? Yeah. <laughs> Indiana, Buck. Oh yeah. Indiana. It's crazy how you're wearing a Michigan State shirt right Again, now. Again, it's relationships. Gotta support your kids, bud. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean <laughs> I didn't go to North Carolina but big fan. Big fan. Big fan. Your Indiana fellows would be so disgusted with you right now. Oh, they wouldn't. Fife would be happy. Well, not now, but. Not now. 
Yeah, he's supporting Dane Fife right See? now. That's no, it. but all right, you went there. I didn't bring up Indiana today. Okay, so since you did, I'm gonna I'm gonna blast through the door, and we're gonna go there. <laughs> all right. But in all seriousness, you're busting my chops. I'm wearing a Michigan State shirt, right? Dane went and coached there for ten years. You think that any anybody in Indiana disliked him because of that? Uh, that's a good point. I don't think so. But trying to make that money. Yeah, he coached there so he could come back, right? Learn from Izzo. Now he's back. Right. I'm not putting this on and rooting for Michigan State to beat I Indiana. Think, I think you might. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Although I can't say anything. He'd rather get punched in the throat. I can't say right. anything because when Brett Favre went to the Minnesota Vikings, I 100% bought a Brett Favre Viking. I have two of them. Well, then you then just shut up. But uh, Brett Favre, I was a Brett Favre guy. But now you're like a Packers guy. No, I was always a Packers guy, but like Brett Favre was the reason I was a Packers fan. Right. Listen, I was a big Brian Dawkins fan when he played for the Eagles. Like, Weapon X, he was awesome. But it wasn't like when he went to Denver, I was like, ah, oh, I need a Dawkins jersey, man. I need that jersey. No, he's not an Eagle anymore. Thank you for what you did for the Eagles, but. That's different. I hope you do well with Denver. It's not different. That's, that's different. So thing. who, when you were young, so this was like Brett Favre, i as long as I was a football fan, like so you're four saying, years like, old. Who's my guy? Like, four years old, little Alan yeah, four Iverson. year old Allen Iverson. He went to a million different. But if he went to if he went to Philly and then went to like Denver, he went straight to Denver after yeah. Philly. I wasn't like I went and bought a Nuggets jersey. That's my dude too. But if you got, say, you got a oh, Allen Iverson I... Nuggets jersey for Christmas, you might wear it a couple times. Why would I wear? It? He's not with the Sixers. I don't know, man. That's just me. I, maybe I'm messed up like that. But, like, if you're not with my team, you're not with me anymore. I don't know. Brett Favre, I was all about him. I'm like, I wanted him to come back and, like, torch the Packers. But he got a raw deal. I feel like you'd probably be. Hooper's having a 30th birthday moment right now. Yeah. Here we go. Go yeah, ahead. He got a raw deal. Take your moment, man. I'm just saying he did. Tell Alan, us about but the deal. Tell us Alan, about this deal since since you brought it up. I mean, they were in the NFC Championship game. You struck a chord. They were in the NFC Championship game, and then they're like, nah, we're going with Rodgers. That was when I thought Rodgers stunk. I'm glad they did go with Rodgers because he, <laughs> he turns out to be one of the best ever sling a football. But with, like Allen Iverson, he was. it was probably better for him to get out of Philly. Was Philly even good when they traded him? They weren't bad. It wasn't like he went to Denver and did greater things. But that was when they still had... Denver still had Mellow, right? They had Mellow, JR, uh, Birdman. I think they didn't even Phil- have Marcus Camby at that time. Philly was trying to get Iguodala. They were trying to just turn the reins over to Iguodala. And we saw we saw how that went. Dude, he played in the league for however many years, won a couple championships. Oh, yeah, he did a great job. But just not with Philly. Yeah, we never won with them. Yeah. So just kept AI. Now you got the team. We'll see. Big Doc. Change of culture. Yeah. Right. That's a perfect example of change of culture. It's basically the same team that Brett Brown had, but now Doc comes in and you see them. Instant respect. Respect. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't. he's the type of guy I feel like he demands respect without saying it. He played in the league. He's coached in the league for so long. He's won NBA championship. He's coached at a, at a high level for a long time. It's kind of hard not to get that respect. Yeah. 
So we winding this one down. We don't want too much dead air. I think right. this was pretty good. I think this was a good one. Yeah, this was a good one. I it think certainly was. One of, the, one of the better ones. It flowed I, very well. Yeah, it flew. That's why I'm always thinking Runko's report card. I'm yeah. So, like, I never want to interrupt and go backwards. You know what I mean? <laughs> Progress. I Progress. never wanted to go. I only did it three times, but it's okay. Yo, yeah, I was talking about that. No, I'm no I did ahead. it you once, did and job. I prefaced it because I was. Happy birthday. Thanks, man. Yeah. You old man. Sub five, though. Yeah, sub five. It's the goal. Run a sub five at 40. Ten years from now. Keep it. Keep squatting. Ten years from now. Get the, get the ladder out. You're going to be in a wheelchair. It's not. Get the ladder out. Start working on the agility. Yeah, ladder out. It's not so much the squat. It's the hamstrings. You want that posterior chain. Which I know, Tom. Squat works. I got you. You don't have to say it. All right. We're rambling. This was it. Episode nine. We don't have intro or we don't have outro nah, music. No, no, Not outro. yet. But before we go, we have to give a big shout out to GM Snack Bar. That's right. Not Southside only Bowl. Southside Bowl. You don't have the number up? I do not have the number up. <laughs> oh god. Sorry. Gosh. Multiple times, yeah. Go, yeah. so we don't we don't know if it again, go. Go down, say Tupin up, We we're not sure if anyone has yet. We're really, really need you to. Uh, appreciate them. <laughs> appreciate them doing their thing. We'll see you uh, in the next one. It's been a pleasure, as always. Cooper, great Matthew. job with the intro. It's a pleasure. Ooh, way to go. Thanks, guys.